Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's go in our Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. I'm beginning a new series, going to go over five weeks. Uh, there'll be a slight interruption uh, for one week when uh, Vicki Simpson is going to be here ministering on Sunday morning and Sunday night at the next Faith, Hope and Love. Uh, but around that, at any rate, I'm beginning this series called The Spirit of the Book. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 says this, that He's made us sufficient as ministers of the New Covenant, the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. And then listen to this pretty remarkable phrase, because the letter kills. In other words, this book has the capacity to not only bring great life, but used wrongly or out of the wrong spirit, it's got the capacity to actually damage, to hurt, or perhaps even to kill. And some people have had their dreams or maybe their, their sense of uh, being desired by God. They've had that killed in them because somebody took this book and used it badly. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The letter without the Spirit behind it will produce a pretty life, but not a powerful life. In other words, you can look like you've got it, but God is not interested in producing ornamental Christians. He's not interested in producing Christians that know how to look good in church, but He's looking for people who know how to live good no matter where they are. Here's a picture for you from out of my front yard. Here it comes. That there, by the way, is an ornamental pear. It's a beautiful tree and it's just come into leaf and it's got a couple of little flowers on it. And this is only its second year, so it's not very big yet. But uh, that's an ornamental pear. Now let me show you one of a tree in my backyard. Here it comes. This is a lime tree. And this got planted three years ago. And it's absolutely, I took off this week probably two dozen limes. And there's flowers all over it. It's kind of gone from doing nothing, just having leaf and flowers that fell off, to now deciding its job is to flourish all year round uh, and to give me limes all year round. I'm busily Googling lime recipes. And so if you want a couple of limes, come see me. I'll, I'll give you plenty. Go back, if you will, please, Hannah, to the uh, one before that. So that's an ornamental pear. Next one again, please. That's my lime tree. Here's what I want you to know. They both take the same amount of work. Both those trees require effort from me to water them, to fertilise them, to look after them and care for them. And yet, you know, one of them produces fruit and the other one just produces leaf and flower. Think about it a minute. Because it takes as much work to be religious as it does to be a Christian. To be religious in your life, to be the kind of person who acknowledges, uh, I guess, the, the reality of God or the truth of God, but goes no further in their life, well, that takes just a whole lot of effort. Why not, if you're going to do that, say, I'm going to embrace the spirit of the book, 
rather than just know the Bible or claim its promises or be able to quote the Scriptures. I want to walk in the spirit of this book so that I won't just look good, but I'll produce good in my life. Jesus' constant battle with the Pharisees, the religious leaders, was that they knew the words of the book, but they did not know the spirit of the book. And the power of the book is in the spirit of the book. This will all make sense in a minute. Right now, just stay with me. Let's go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. Uh, Everybody here and everyone listening, you will know some of these verses. I guarantee it. You may say, Jeff, I'm not a Christian. I don't go to church. You'll still know these verses. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught the disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins against us. And don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then one of the other gospels says, For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And so Jesus teaches His disciples at their request a model prayer. I've heard sermons and books and all kinds of stuff that have been written about this model prayer where people break it down and take it as a model. Or Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The seven names of God revealed in the Old Testament. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Uh, and on and on and on and on it goes. El Shaddai, uh, the, the great supplier. And go through all that. Uh, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and all that goes with that. But here's what I want you to see. Let's read on from this format of the Lord's Prayer. And He said to them, verse 5. Now He's taught them a prayer and then He doesn't stop there. He says, but listen, before you go into repeating and parroting this prayer, you need to know something about the spirit of it. He said, which of you will have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend has come to me on his journey. I've got nothing to set before him. He'll answer from within and say, don't trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And if Jesus just stopped there, that'd be just a nice little codicil to this whole topic of prayer. But he goes on, he says, But I say unto you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. So Jesus teaches them a model of prayer and then immediately teaches them the spirit of prayer. What's the spirit of prayer? The spirit of prayer is don't quit. The spirit of prayer is hold on to what God's promised. He is not the unjust judge or or, or the friend, the reluctant friend in this story. He's not the one who doesn't want to give it. Jesus is using that as a, almost like a a contrary metaphor to say, if somebody was like that who didn't want to give up, how much more will your heavenly Father who wants to bless you, Luke 11, 13, 
If you men being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? In other words, Jesus is saying, if you understand prayer, but not the spirit of prayer, you'll pray prayers, but you won't get many answers. Are you with me? So you see what I'm saying? The letter is great. If you read that and you go, you know, the Lord's Prayer. You may pray it every day, some of you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You might go through the whole thing. But if you don't get the spirit of prayer, then when you come up against a need, you're liable to just kind of go and then go, well, Lord, if it be thy will. Oh, God, I'd like you to, but I know you're busy. I've had people say to me over the years, you know, I don't want to bother God with my problem because he's got so many other big things to take care of. I've had that lots. And I look at him and I go, what do you think he's kind of like, you know, just so one dimensional that all he can do is a little bit? You know, he can only focus on one thing at a time. No, God's better than that. He can do more than that. Amen. When Jesus died, the Bible says he died for the whole world. He never went, well, look, you know, I've only got enough salvation for 144,000. How I can get as a small group, you know, just as long as I can get these 12 to heaven, oh, 11. As long as I can get a few there. He's not like that. He says, I've got enough for you. You might be the worst sinner in the world. You might say, oh God, you couldn't save me. And he goes, oh, of course I can. Of course I can. If he can get a rampaging persecutor of the church like Saul, meet him on the road to Damascus and instantly so change his heart that this man says, Lord, who are you? What do you want me to do? And then go away and, and, and live contrary to everything his whole life's been about serving God and the gospel. If he can get a little Albanian woman called Mary Chinghua and take her, as she goes to the one of nine children and goes to her local parish priest and says, I feel called to be a missionary. He says, don't be stupid, Mary, you're a woman. You can't do that. He says, forget about it. Go home, help your mum with all the kids. But she, you know, she would not quit. This woman understood something about the spirit of the book. She ends up going to India, even though they would not give her their imprimatur. But now, of course, the whole world knows about Mother Teresa. Why? Because she understood the spirit of the book. Are you with me? So there's a format for prayer. But then Jesus teaches the spirit of prayer. So in this series, I'm going to give you five things that I believe form the basis of the spirit of the book. Don't miss one of them. They form the foundation of the spirit of the book. If you get them, you'll go, oh, now I know what I ought to be doing. Now I know how to live different to where I am. So let's talk about the first one. This time this morning is on the power of the first step. The power of the first step. Spiritual power is always with the one who takes the first step. James chapter 4 and verse 8. I'm going to give you a lot of Bible verses today. Jot them down or else if you're with us on the metrochurch.online platform, the notes are there. You can add your thoughts into that. Then you can print them, send them to yourself and print them out. Pretty cool. But anyway, whatever way you do it or if you're like me, you'd sit there with a pen and paper. James chapter 4 and verse 8 says this. Draw near to, watch this. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Draw near to God. 
draw near to God. See, we want, we sit here and go, God, where are you? Oh God, can't you see what I'm in? Don't you know what's going on? Oh God, come on here. Oh God, where have you gone? And we're waiting for God to turn up and God goes, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And watch this. When I do this, there's God, I'm taking the first step. It says, when I do that, God says, I'm drawing near to you. In my life, in your life, if I want spiritual power or influence around my life, if I want, listen to me, if I want God active around my life, most of you here will know what I mean by that. Because I don't believe that God sits in heaven like, He's not like Amazon.com. You know, send it and a drone delivers it. Or whatever. You know, the couriers, they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous. Every vehicle, second vehicle drives down my street as a delivery guy. But God's not like that. God doesn't say, draw near to me and I'll send something to you. He says, you draw near to me. He says, I'll draw near to you. But I want you to notice He doesn't say, I'm going to come close to you and then see how you respond. He says, no, you start this. Why? Because spiritual blessing is on the life of the person who takes the first step. Are you taking, come on, are you taking the first step? All those people that say yes to Christ almost every week, somebody will send in their yes text. And I know that for some of them, they don't know it enough. They're not sure enough. They're not certain enough. But this is what I love. They're taking the first step and God says, I'll draw near to you. Spiritual blessing. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. You know, if God had sat remote in heaven going, come on, let's see what you can turn up. The world's full of religion. I always make the distinction when people say to me, oh, are you religious? I say, no, I'm a Christian. I'm not religious. Religion is man's effort to try and get to God. So you come up with all these rules and all these rituals and all these formulae. You come up with all these ways and you've got to do this and every step, if you get it wrong, you're sunk. And yet the Bible doesn't talk about a religion. It talks about a relationship. This is real love. Not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the sacrifice to take away our sin. In other words, it didn't start with me. And sometimes I remind myself, God, I never saved me. We like to say, I found Jesus. You never found Him. He found you. He weren't lost. You were. Huh? Huh? And you know, when you're lost, when you're lost, you know, what you need is someone who ain't lost. Amen. If you're drowning at the beach, you don't need another drowning person to give you their advice. You're drowning out there in the ocean. There's Billy out there drowning as well, saying, well, you never should have got out here, you idiot. Well, what help would that be? Huh? And so many people with so many opinions about life and about God. I'm always amused at the people that quote the Bible that have never read it or don't know the spirit of it. Huh? And quote something out of the Old Testament without understanding that there's a new covenant that supersedes the old one. Are you with me here? Spiritual power is with the person who takes the first step. God, John 3, 16, lots of us will know. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave, He started this thing off. Come on, in a reactionary world, 
Are you ready to take the first step towards God? Well, it's not my fault. No, I've been this and this has happened to me. And, you know, that's why I'm like I am. Well, I, I get it. And on a human level, I empathize with it. But I just know that my empathy isn't going to change anything. I know that you're going to have to say, I'm going to draw near to God. A Salvation Army major wrote a, from Morley Corps, Morley Church. He wrote a book and he came to the office one day and I wasn't there, but he said to the receptionist, whoever that was at the time, he said, please give this book to Pastor Jeff because you're in it. And of course, well, you read it really quick trying to find you, don't you? <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, there I am. Well, it wasn't me personally, it was this church. He talked about how he'd met this man who was quite bedraggled and didn't look like much was going well in his life. Met him at the local pub and talked to this man and, and, and had a bit of a chat and prayed for him right there and there in the, in the pub, in the bar, the hotel. And then he said to this guy, he said, you ought to get yourself down to that metro church. It's just down the road. He was there in Northbridge. This guy comes down. Next time the Padre sees him, the man is well dressed and obviously brighter in face and every other way. He said, what happened to you? He said, I took your advice. I went down. He took the first step. I went down to that metro church. He said, I became a Christian. See, you've got to take the first step towards God. Here's the second thing. Spiritual blessings like joy and peace are on the one who makes the first move. How many of you, if I was to ask, don't raise your hand. How many of you have got conflict that's unresolved? How many here have got issues where, you know, your peace is gone, you're troubled? You know, there's a, an upset in the family. Something's not going right. Well, listen to these words from Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Therefore, Jesus says, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, you leave your gift at the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. He says, come on, if you know there's an issue here, don't wait for them, you go. And I go like, yeah, but hold on a minute. It's their fault. They started it. You know, I tried and they slapped it back at me. Oh, they can forget. They can go and take a big jump into that burning lake of fire. And I'm praying that God will show them the error of their ways, smite them with boils and emeralds. In love, of course. Jesus says, no, you leave your gift. Oh, you know, I got a new understanding of this passage in Matthew 18, verse 21, where Peter came to him and said, Lord, I, got the, I have read this all my life all wrong. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me seven times? And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. I always read that as though Peter was saying, how often should my brother forgive me? But he isn't saying that. He's saying, Lord, if I'm going to take the first step, how many times should I take it? He goes, look, I've been giving the guy a bit of slack. You know, I've been kind of trying to be nice. Is seven enough? And Jesus said, don't take the first step seven times. Take it 70 times, seven times. Are you with me here? I don't know about the rest of you here, but I find that just a tad challenging. That's a little bit different for because we want to do this. How often should they forgive me? They owe me. 
I have forgiven them eight times. She left the towel on the floor and I picked it up. That's one. It's like the old farmer, you know, who, no, I think I can tell that joke anymore. It's probably not appropriate nowadays, but anyway, that's one. Jesus says, it's not about what they, listen to me, it's not about what they do. Spiritual blessings of joy and peace come with the one who goes first and you go, yeah, but I'm sick of going first. Fair dinkum, how many times has man got to go first? Well, apparently 490 times a day. Now, I sat down and worked that out once. It's about like every three minutes. I'm going like, are you kidding me? Jesus was not married. <laughs> Buddy, you... <laughs> I just realised someone's going to take that the wrong way. Yeah, you can laugh. Spiritual blessings come to the person who makes the first step. Here's the third one. Natural blessings. The stuff of our life are on the one who gives first. Why is generosity such a big deal to God? Why do we champion it so much in the life of this church? I'll tell you why, because Hebrews 7 verse 7 says this. When it comes to acts of blessing, the lesser is blessed by the greater. I did not grow up in a wealthy home, wealthy family, wealthy background, but I remember deciding as a fairly new Christian that I wanted to be on the greater side of the equation, not the lesser side. I was tired of always being the person that needed help. And I said, God, I want to be on the other side where I can give help. And you know, I thought the path to that was lotto. Or I thought the path to that was a wealthy relative dying. Oh Lord. I love grandma, but she's the richest person I know. I remember when I told her that I was going to name my first son after my grandfather, Amos Samuel Neal. I said, if I have a son, grandma, I'm calling him Amos Samuel. She looked at me and she said, boy, if you call him that, I'm cutting you out of the will. That's why Nathan's Nathan. After she died, I found out I was never in the will. Good one, Grandma. Come on. I found out that the way to move from the lesser side of life. Now, I didn't have a lot of money when I was there going, woohoo, one lotto, got it. I wish I had a dollar for every person who said to me, Pastor, when I win lotto, I'm really going to give to the church. I'm going to give lots. I go, awesome. Tell me what you're doing now. Well, I'm waiting. It's coming. I'm pretty sure the number is seven and then followed by a six and a three and a one. Yeah, because that's the date of the death of my hamster. Are you with me here? Some of you are looking a bit like, hmm. I'm smiling, but I'm, he's slicing me here. What about Luke 6, 38? 
Great verse, isn't it? Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give into your life? We go, woohoo! But go back to the start. It doesn't say when you get, become generous. Are you with me? Look at it. There it is. Give. Yeah, but you don't understand things are tight right now. How many people know here God is not, He doesn't change His Word because your circumstances are tough. He doesn't say worship when everything's beautiful. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. For when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Now you know why we have a choir. He doesn't say worship then. You know one of the most powerful times of worship is when everything has gone completely bad. You stand there with your hands up and tears rain down your face and say, Jesus, I still love you. Amen. Natural blessings are on the one who gives first. Here's the last one, number four. Relational blessings. Health, happiness, all those kinds of things. They're on the one who takes the first step. Proverbs 18 verse 24 says this, whoever would have friends must show themselves friendly. Not I deserve. Well, why don't they? You know, hello. I remember a man came to me once. He said, you know, I came to your church and no one said hello to me. I looked at him. I said, well, I guess that means you didn't say hello to anyone else. He went, oh, oh. See, he thought it was up to everybody else to make him feel welcome. Rather than saying, my father was 90-something. I was his 90th birthday. I said, Dad, what are you doing tonight? He said, I'm going to church. I said, Dad, it's your 90th birthday. I'm pretty sure they'll let you stay home one night. He goes, son, I'm always frightened I might miss something. And then he said the kicker at the end of it. He said, besides which, there's always somebody I can help. And I thought, oh God, let me be someone like my dad who comes to church not going, well, I didn't like that and I didn't like that song. I'm not singing that song again. I'm not coming back with that that song. The drums were too loud. The lights were too bright. The seat, well, of course the seat's comfortable. I fell asleep. The seats are too comfortable. (laughs) I was dozing off. That preacher is too enthusiastic. How can a man sleep with someone like that? But my dad said, I'm coming to see what I can do to bless somebody. Amen. Don't make your relationships contractual. I will if they will. They owe me, I owe them. Because the spirit of the book is much larger than that. Make the first step. Come on. I pray that you'll embrace the spirit of the book. There'll be some opportunity this week. I know there will where your natural tendency is to say, well, you know, for me, it's driving. I'm really working hard on trying to be a gracious driver. So far, I'm, I'm good for about 
10 minutes in the car. I'm doing very well. The bigger this church gets, the more people there are that I'm passing. And they look at me and I go, I'm on, I'm on my way to church. Make the first step this week. You give. You bless. You do good. Let's be people who take the first step to worship and to serve and to love and to give and forgive. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking this word and making it life. It's not death, it's life for us. All of us, no matter who we are, will have opportunity this week, Lord, to put this into practice. Maybe before we leave the building, there'll be somebody that we can take the first step with. I pray, God, you'll help us. Remind us, Lord, we so easily get occupied and busy and forget what you are trying to teach us. So will you help us this week, Lord? We want to be people that live larger than the world around about us. We don't imbibe the spirit of the world. We imbibe the spirit of the book. We thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you that are in this place today or online with us, you say, Jeff, I have not taken the first step towards God. Let me read it to you again out of the book of James. It says, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. He's asking you to make the first step. Well, He knows where I live. Yeah, He does. But He wants you to make the first step. Well, if He wants to show me who He is, I'm waiting. No, no, He said, no, you take the first step. For some of you here, the first step would just simply be an acknowledgement. I want to find Christ. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I'll show you in just a minute how easy that is to do. But if you're here in front of me this morning and that's you, if you're in the building, up in the balcony or down below, and you say, Jeff, that's me today. I'm going to say, Jesus, I want to know you in my life. I'm going to trust you. If that's you, let me know that I'm praying for you. Just slip your hand up and put it back down. I won't embarrass you, but I'd love to be praying for you. Is there anyone like that? Just quickly, right across the building, up in the balcony as well, of course. Don't miss you out up there. Is there anyone like that? Just wherever you are, say, Jeff, that's me. Would you pray with me today? Jeff, I want Jesus in my life. Thank you up there in the balcony. Yep, I see you. Well done. Look this way a minute. No matter who you are or where you are, because many of you will be online. Some of you will be live with us right now. And some of you, it'll be over the next week or two and you'll find this on the Metro Church channel on YouTube. You'll follow it through to the end and you'll hear this and go, but Jeff, I'm here or there. I, was, I can't be in the building. What do I do? Or you are that person in the building. You say, Jeff, I want to. Or you're that person sitting here who goes, Jeff, I never raised my hand, but I went away and I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like I should do it. Can I do it later? Of course you can. All you got to do is text yes, Y-E-S, to the number. It's up on the screen there right now, 0488-826-392. If you're in Australia, we get them during the week from who knows where around Australia. We don't know. If you're outside of Australia or you want to get our help via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, the next day after we get that from you, our team will send you a Bible verse and a prayer that's different every day. They'll send it to you for 30 days. Fits on one screen of a smartphone, by the way, so it's not a big read. And it'll encourage you and help you. It'll start to lead you in a walk with God because listen, the Lord's Prayer doesn't start off, Dear God. 
doesn't say, O oh, most holy, gracious Lord, supreme ruler of the universe and all the planets. When the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus began with this, our Father. They would have been shocked when He said that. They had what they called the unpronounceable name of God. It was blasphemy to even mention His name. And now Jesus says, no, it's your Father. We want to help you. Text yes to 0488 yes.metrochurch.org.au or if you're with us on the metrochurch.online platform, there's a yes button there for you to press. Amen? Fantastic. I pray that that'll help you today. Challenge you. The spirit of the book. So different to what so many people think. I, I often think, you know, that if most people could just kind of pull away from their upbringing and their thinking for a minute, and really just be open to God, they discover how amazing He is. And they might, like a lot of us, go, I wish I'd known earlier. I wish I'd said yes earlier, because He's that wonderful, amen. Praise God. Team, come lead us. We're gonna sing that new song again. Is that what we're doing? Someone tell me what, well, we just will. Is that what we're doing? Good, thank you, Amanda. I want you to stand and sing this song I love the last couple of lines of this. There's a lion in your lungs. So come on, soul, don't go shy on me. Don't go shy this week when it's time or opportunity comes to take the first step, wherever it is. You might go, but Jeff, my first step's so tiny. It wouldn't do much. Oh yes, it will. Think about it. Your first step can make Almighty God draw to you. That's a pretty powerful step. Hello? Come on. Come on, let's worship before we go. Come on.